the Supreme Court has blocked President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Now, that program would have wiped away up to $20,000 of student debt for qualifying borrowers. But in a 6-3 to three ruling today, the court's conservative majority said the federal law does not give the Department of Education the authority to forgive student debt. So joining us now to discuss what this means for student borrowers here in Illinois is Lisa Castillo-Richmond. She's the executive director of the equity-focused nonprofit Partnership for College Completion. Welcome to Reset, Lisa. Thank you so much, Sasha. So I'm curious, first of all, of your reaction to, to the decision today from the court. Well, I want to say it's been a really difficult week in terms of Supreme Court decisions for those of us as human beings, for those of us who care deeply about equity and equality and higher education. It's it's a really tough day. Um, I think with this particular strike down, we see that there will be no relief for millions of mm-hmm. student loan borrowers. Uh, 43 million by many estimates that would have been given some relief uh, from significant amounts of student loan debt. Um, And here in Illinois, it would have provided an estimated $12 billion in loan relief. That's a lot. I I mean, and and you shared with me before we went on air that you were hopeful yesterday that uh, the decision would be, the program would be upheld. I was a little hopeful. I think um, with yesterday's decision on affirmative action um, that struck down affirmative action, it was a deeply crushing blow for those of us who are working on higher education equity. And we were hopeful that this piece of relief, which really looks at and sort of acknowledges that there are these very structural and significant issues with college affordability across the country that have just gotten more acute as the cost of college has risen. Uh, We were hopeful that this piece of relief um, would recognize that and um, we could get down to the business of preventing these uh, significant amounts of debts, the production of them moving mm-hmm. forward for students attending college. You know, when Biden first announced his student loan forgiveness plan, your nonprofit, you, you saw it as a sign of hope yes. from then. Talk uh, talk to us more about your group's position on Biden's plan and, and the changes that you were hoping that it would bring. Yeah, Again, I think these are. this was one piece of a solution to address a really significant issue for students who are on the path to college, who are pursuing that right now, those who are considering that for the future, some adults who have some college and no degree and mm-hmm. want to return, or students who maybe have an associate degree and want to return for a bachelor's degree. I mean, this wouldn't have addressed the structural issue of how we need to address college affordability. So moving forward, students can um, graduate with little debt or manageable debt. Yeah. Tell Um, us what parts of the plan you thought maybe could have been changed or improved. That sounds like one. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the repayment pause has been very helpful uh, for individuals. That deal that was made, you know, students had uh, three years to pause on those payments Um, And I think a lot of times when we think about students, um, you know, we think of students as maybe 18 to 22 year olds who live on campus and go to school full time. And I think that is just really an outdated view of reality. Our students, our parents, they're older, they work sometimes multiple jobs as they're going to college. They attend school often part time and sometimes take a semester off because they need to. And I think we also have an outdated thinking about those who hold school debt as well. In Illinois, those with the largest amount of student loan debt are those who are 50 and older. 
and they owe an average of more than $50,000. Many of these students have been making payments religiously, and many owe more than they started with. That is a huge issue, not as an individual personal issue, but as an issue that we all need to address as part of higher education. That group that you just described stands to lose the most here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You gave us some really uh, striking statistics early on, Lisa. I mean, soon soon after the program was announced last year uh, by the president, Illinois had more applicants than any other state in this country. More than 1.5 million residents applied. I mean, what does that reveal to you about student debt in this state alone? That it's just untenable, right? Uh, Student loan debt is now the second highest uh, area of household debt after mortgages. It has surpassed credit card debt and all other forms of debt. Um, And in this current context, you know, I think one of the things that we talk about as an organization, as the Partnership for College Completion, is that we can no longer afford to think of higher education as a luxury good. Mm. Um, That for most careers, for most areas of, uh, you know, in in which people can obtain jobs uh, now, uh, that has a life-sustaining or a family-sustaining wage associated with that, um, most of them, the path to those jobs, go through college. Right. And with that recognition for our state economy, for our national economy, for household economy and individual well-being, we need to think about, okay, how do we as a state, as a nation, subsidize college in a way in which students, regardless Mm -hmm. of race, regardless of family income, household wealth, can actually obtain those degrees that they need in order to participate in the in this uh, current economy of work. Yeah, um, put so, college more in reach. Exactly, absolutely. So I think that is the issue, you know, that we are trying to address here. I think the student loan debt that students are faced with, you know, seventy five percent of the debt students took out to pursue an undergraduate degree, um, and so these are mm-hmm. community college degrees, four year degrees. You know, students are graduating from college, trying to get their foothold in the labor market. Right. Um, and, you know, maybe they're partnered up with someone who also has student loan debt. Maybe they have family care responsibilities and are taking care financially of members um, in their households in which they grew up or others in their in their current household. And so, you know, if we want to make sure that students in the future, current students, future adults, current adults right. um, can be able to participate in all the ways that we need for a healthy, thriving economy, then we need to make sure that they are not saddled with debt that they cannot handle or afford. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're, we're talking about the Supreme Court's decision to strike down Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. We're here with Lisa Castillo-Richmond with the Partnership for College Completion. So, Lisa, roughly one in eight Americans are going to have to restart loan payments as soon as this fall. And the White House says uh, Biden is going to announce new protections for student loan borrowers today. What action then would you want the Biden administration to immediately take to, like you said, make higher education more affordable, especially in the wake of the decision from the Supreme Court? Yeah, I think I mean, the the repayment pause, as I mentioned earlier, has been really powerful. But now millions upon millions of borrowers are going to start repaying as early as this summer, right? Which that in itself is a mind shift, right? Because imagine getting used to being able to cover some other expenses, some other really important household expenses, and now having to add this back to the pile. That's tough. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's a, a real significant issue here in Illinois. I mean, not to mention just being sort of an administrative nightmare to get students back on paying on the rolls. I mean, nearly 63 percent of Illinois student loan borrowers were deemed eligible for the Biden plan that was struck down today. Mm. And I think the the pause in repayments, I mean, during this time period, significant, right, more than three years Um, students were spending that money in other ways. Perhaps they were saving it. And during that time period, loan servicers have changed. Um, It's estimated that about 40% of loans will have been taken up by a different servicer, Mm. probably leading to confusion when that starts up again. Um, And and it's estimated also that about 25% of borrowers will have greater debts than when the pause began. So I think we need to really think about um, loan repayment plans. And I also think we need to really think about interest rates. I mean, this is definitely something moving forward, but student loans are a big business. Interest rates for loans range from 5.5% even for subsidized loans, upwards to 15% for private loans. I mean, that is substantial. And, and to your point a moment ago, the confusion that's going to come from all of these, you know, this flip-flop in, in decisions, I just hope the messaging will, will match and, and be clear. Yeah. Uh, we talked yesterday with a legal expert on the program about the, the ruling uh, against affirmative action programs that, have, that was struck down yesterday. He mentioned that the ruling on student loan forgiveness, that it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the story. Are you hopeful at all, Lisa, that we'll see Biden's plan revived in some way in the future? Yeah, I am hopeful about that. I mean, again, I think given the scope of the issue, we can't ignore it. We can't just say, you know, this is uh, something that individuals and households are going to have to handle on their own. Um, You know, these are significant amounts of debt. And again, I think one piece of misinformation is that, you know, these are people, by and large, that have been paying on their student loans religiously, right, month after month. Mm -hmm. And some of them still owe more because of these interest rates. They owe more than when they began. They have to think about can they afford to buy a house at any point in time? What about saving for their retirement? I mean, there are significant trade-offs that happen because students have such significant amounts of debt. And I think we are, as a system, going to have to deal with both the debt problem, which is a retrospective look at our affordability and our our disinvestment in higher education over Mm -hmm. the past 20 plus years. But I think we're also going to have to deal with it as a current issue of students in college today, students in college tomorrow, of how do we make sure that the state and federal government is investing properly so that we can have an affordable college plan, regardless of students' choice. They want a two-year degree. They want a four-year degree. How can it be affordable in our public systems especially? We'll have to wait and see. That's Lisa Castillo-Richmond, Executive Director of the Equity-Focused Nonprofit Partnership for College Completion. Thank you so much. Thank you.